Hello everyone, I'm Richard Roberts and welcome to the Expect a Miracle podcast. I'm so glad to have this opportunity to talk to you today. And if you are not in Tulsa, if you are north of Tulsa, you are probably cooler than we are. We are experiencing uh, the dog days of summer here in Oklahoma. The temperature has been as high as 105 already. <laughs> and I mean, it is hot. <laughs> Sometimes this time of year, we get temperatures up maybe 107, 108, sometimes 110 degrees. And of course, uh, with the humidity, <laughs> it feels much higher than that. Uh, <laughs> I was up preaching recently in Chicago when I got there, it was like 72 degrees. It was like, oh my God, I need a sweater. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what part of the country you're in, but here in our part of the country, it is hot. <laughs> But I'm glad you joined me for this podcast today. I was in a prayer meeting earlier today with uh, some of my staff members here in our ministry in Tulsa. And I was talking to them about something that I feel would be important to you. And that is the difference between acceptance and expectation. Acceptance and expectation. Uh... And I think I'm guilty of this a lot in my life. Um, from time to time, I, I think I have accepted things as opposed to expecting something different from God. And perhaps you have uh, fallen into that trap yourself. You know, people say, well, this thing happened. It's just one of those things. Well, no, it's not just one of those things. It's easy to accept things and, and not say, I'm going to expect God to bring a change. Um, and I was thinking about the scripture in John chapter 5. You remember the story in the Bible in John chapter 5. Jesus came to a pool of water that was called the pool of Bethesda. And it was like a, an outdoor hospital. There were five levels, five porches, and many who were sick and infirm, all types of sickness and disease were there, waiting for what the Scripture said was an angel that would come once a season and would stir the waters. And whosoever got into the water first would be healed. That was the story, and they all believed the story. Now, they had been there for a long time, and Jesus walked into that scene. And he, he saw a man who had been there for 38 years. Now, 38 years is a long time to accept something. And Jesus sought this man out and said to him, Wilt thou be made whole? Sir, do you want to be well? And the man replied, I'm sorry, but I don't have anyone to put me in the pool. For when the angel comes to stir the waters, someone always gets there in front of me. And he had accepted his condition. He had been ill for 38 years. He had been brought to that pool for 38 years. That's... Uh, almost half of my lifetime. Thir imagine 38 years. Imagine someone having been in the hospital for 38 years. That's a long time of acceptance. 
Well, that's what was going on. He had accepted his condition because someone always got in front of him. In other words, he blamed his problem on someone else. Well, it would seem to me, if I had been in his shoes, after being there for 38 years, it seemed like he could get somebody to push him in. But nevertheless, he accepted his situation. And that's where you may be today. Maybe something has come against your body. Something has come against your emotions. Something's come against your job or your family or your business or your ministry. Something has come against you and you don't know what to do, so you've just accepted it. Maybe you've been in line for promotion and someone has gotten ahead of you. And every time you get in line for promotion, someone gets ahead of you. Maybe your circumstances are not unlike the circumstances of this man. 38 years of acceptance is a long time. And it's so easy to accept conditions the way that they are. And as I said, I think I've been guilty of that from time to time in my life, and perhaps you have been too. And we were talking about this in our prayer meeting earlier today uh, because, uh, as I announced recently on our television program, I'm, I'm preparing to build a new international ministry center here in Tulsa. Uh, we have outgrown our space. We, we need more space. Uh, we need a, a, a center in order to reach the some 100,000 ministers a year in those underdeveloped nations. Now, you've heard me talk about it. You've heard me talk about how God spoke to me some years ago and told me that my crusade days were over. You watched our program or you received my letters. You know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, let me just reshare it with you. Some uh, five, six years ago, I was getting up early one morning to pray. By the way, someone has a cataract in your left eye and you're being healed right now. If that's you, call the Abundant Life Prayer Group at 918-495-7777 and let me know. Let me know about that cataract going away. That's a word of knowledge. Let me know if that's you. So I awakened about 5 o'clock that morning for prayer. I usually wake up early. Uh, this morning was even earlier than that. And I, I, Lindsay was asleep. And I sat up on the edge of the bed trying not to wake her up. And I just kind of rubbed my eyes. You know how you do in the morning? You kind of stretch a little bit. You rub your eyes so you get, get awake. The sun has not risen yet. When clear as a bell, I heard the voice of the Lord in my heart. And he said to me, your crusade days are over. I was, uh, let's see, I, 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 was six, I was almost 67 at the time. I guess I was 66, almost 67. And uh, the Lord said, your crusade days are over. Well, I, I was awake immediately. <laughs> I said, what? I said, what did you say, Lord? Your crusade days are over. I said, well, now, Lord, uh, that's, let me fix my microphone here, sorry. Um, that's an unusual thing. What do you mean my crusade days are over? I've conducted crusades all over the world for some almost 40 years. What do you mean my crusade days are over? Lord, I've, I've been in places where I've had huge crowds, up to 200,000 people in one night. I've seen as many as 25,000 people give their hearts to the Lord in one service. I've seen miracles, cripples walk, blind eyes, deaf ears. I've seen miracles all over the world. I've laid hands on some 35 heads of state. I've had invitations from all over the world by governments to go and have healing crusades. What do you mean my crusade days are over? Someone has pain that shoots uh, from your elbow down your arm and you're being healed right now. If that's you, call the prayer group. Let me know. 918-495-7777.
And the Lord said, do you remember the prophetic word that your father prayed over you before he died? Well, I thought for a moment, and I remembered. I'd forgotten about it. One day, uh, my father and I were sitting together, and he reached over and put his leg, his, his hand on my, on my knee. He said, son, and I knew, I knew my dad, but whenever my dad said son, he usually called me Richard or Rich, um, and, uh, but when he said son, I knew he was going to speak prophetically. It's just it's the way my dad was. He said, son, when you get into your mid-60s, your ministry will change. And you will become a minister to ministers. Well, I'd forgotten that word. My dad passed in 2009, and a number of years had gone by. <laughs> and I'd forgotten that word, and the Lord reminded me of it. And my dad prophesied that my ministry would change, that I would be speaking to these pastors groups on three different subjects, healing, the Holy Spirit, and seed faith. Well, and I said, yes, Lord, I remember now. And the Lord said, well, the time has come. Your crusade days are over and you're not going to receive any more invitations from presidents or prime ministers or kings or queens. And as I said, I'd received many, many, many of them over the years. Um, uh, the, I'd, I'd had the red carpet laid out for me in nations all over the world. And, and the Lord said, but what you are going to receive, you're going to begin receiving invitations from pastors groups all over the world to come, especially pastors who are in rural areas where they have virtually no internet. You're going to go to those unreached pastors in villages, in mountainside villages, in jungles, and places like that. You're going to gather those pastors together who've had no teaching and no formal training. They just have a call of God on their life for ministry, and they need training. And no one is training them. Typically, in countries, ministers go to the cities. They don't go to the rural areas. They don't, they don't bring the, those ministers together. So I said, well, okay, Lord. And the Lord said, well, as a sign, you won't receive any more invitations from governments and, and leaders, instead, uh, leaders of nations, that is, Instead, you start receiving these calls from pastors. Well, that was, that was in about 2000, I guess, 14 or 2015. I guess 2015 or so. And uh, I've not received one invitation from any prime minister or any president or any king or queen since. But I have been besieged by, by pastors groups from all over the world on healing the Holy Spirit and seed faith. Well, I've been doing that. And I reported not long ago that I, I, uh, I did a, a Zoom conference in Pakistan with 15,000 pastors. It was absolutely amazing. I've made a number of trips to India and Africa and other places where outreaches are in Canada, way up north near the, the, uh, near the, uh, the North Pole. Uh, we have outreaches in Ukraine and other areas of Central America, other, other places where I'm reaching out to pastors. I had a, had a whole session in Nicaragua to Nicaragua with pastors there. And uh, these primarily are pastors that have, have no formal training and they are desperate to be taught on healing the Holy Spirit and seed faith. And the testimonies that are coming in are absolutely miraculous. So the Lord spoke to me and said, you need a new ministry center. 
you need to take advantage of all the technology that is available. And don't be like the typical Christian who, when TV came many years ago, the Christian said, well, no, that's of the devil. We won't have anything to do with TV. So we gave TV to the world. And uh, they did the same thing with movies. Oh, well, if you go to a movie, you know, in the rapture comes, you're going to miss out. You know, inst instead of in embracing uh, the technology and using it for the gospel, Christians and many church leaders just, you know, shunned it and said, you know, you're going to go to hell if you go to a movie. And when the internet first came out, they talked about the World Wide Web. No, we can't be involved in the internet because it's the World Wide Web. Instead of taking the technology and, and realizing that the world's using it for different purposes, but for using find a way to use it for the sake of the gospel. And there are new and inventive technologies coming forth now that are beyond anything that has ever been available before. And we desperately need it in order to get this message of the gospel to people in need. Well, I have, a, I guess I can say, and I'm, I'm, I'm confessing today, that I have accepted the fact that it's difficult to do that. But something has come into my spirit over the last couple of weeks. My wife and I, Lindsay and I, have been praying. And a new spirit of expectancy has come into my heart. I'm tired of accepting the same old six and seven. I'm tired of it. I'm just tired of it. I'm getting into expectation to do everything that the Lord has spoken to me to do. So, we paid down and, and bought a piece of land, about six acres, and we are in the process of designing a new ministry headquarters. And I'm about to begin a $10 million capital drive to build a new ministry evangelistic center to reach these pastors. And I have a vision and a dream of reaching 100,000 rural pastors worldwide every year with healing, the Holy Spirit, and seed faith. And not with a spirit of acceptance, but with a spirit of expectancy. I announced that recently on my television program, and perhaps you saw it. And I am so, I don't know that I've ever been as excited as I am now. Because I see the future. A prophetic word was given over me recently, and that word saw me preaching in my 90s. Well, I'm 73. I'm in good health. I'm strong. There's longevity in my family. Uh, on, my, on my father's side, my, my grandfather lived until he was uh, in his late 80s. So did my my grandmother on my mother's side, uh, my grandmother lived until she was in her late 80s. My grandfather was 95. Uh, my, my dad passed at 91. His brothers and sisters passed in their 90s. There's longevity in my family. I'm in good health. I feel great. I'm able to walk. I'm able to run. I'm able to do whatever I need to do. I'm able to travel. I'm able to, to do whatever is required. And, and I love doing it. But I'm, I'm learning I cannot live in a state of acceptance. I've got to get into expectancy. I've got to call that which is not as though it is. And I'm saying this not just for my benefit, not just to give you an update, but also for you. For you to get out of a, of a state of acceptance into a state of expectancy. Okay? 
Now let's get back to the story in John chapter 5. The man said to Jesus, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool, for somebody always gets ahead of me. Well, <laughs> as normal, Jesus did not criticize him. Instead, he gave him three things, three things to do. He said, rise. You know, you're not ever going to get up on the outside until you first get up on the inside. Until your mind speaks to your body and commands it to get up, your body will not involuntarily stand up. Uh, I, uh, Micah, I know you're on this camera. I'm gonna, uh, you better be ready what I'm going to do. If, if I can say rise to myself all day long, and I'm going to sit here in this chair with my leg crossed like I am right now until my mind says, Richard, I speak to your body. Get up. Okay? Rise. The man had been down so long that getting up hadn't even crossed his mind. And Jesus said, rise, rise up, and you're not ever going to rise up on the outside until you first rise up on the inside. So Jesus said to him, rise. The second thing he said to him was, take up your bed. That bed that you've been on for 38 years, out here in this, this makeshift hospital, that bed has carried you for 38 years. It's time for you to carry it. This problem may have been plaguing you for a long time. It's time for you to stop allowing it to carry you. It's time for you to pick it up and carry it yourself. And the third thing he said to him was walk. Re-enter humanity. Get out of acceptance and get into expectation. And the man responded. He picked up his bed and began to walk. Jesus healed him, but he healed him because the man cooperated with his faith. You know, so many times I pray for people and, and they, they say, well, I, I just, it's all up to God. Well, sure, God's the healer, but God works with people who use their faith. Every healing I've ever had in my life has come because I not only believe God to do it, but I also set myself in an agreement with that word and believe God. When I was healed of 22 warts when I was a boy, I used my faith. God did the miracle, but I did the believing. Yes, God is a God of the miraculous, but He isn't going to use, he isn't going to move, uh, he isn't going to use your faith. You've got to believe. And when those warts were healed on my hand, God did it, but I was the one who did the believing. God isn't going to do your believing for you. And you can't perform the miracle. You've got to have that divine, my dad used to call it a divine reciprocity. He used to say, without God, I cannot, but without me, he will not. There's something that you've got to do so God can do what he can do. Okay? And I prayed for so many people who just sit there and say, well, you know, it's all up to God. Well, yes, God's the healer. But you got to use your faith. You got to say, Devil, in the name of Jesus, I command you in the authority of Jesus' name, you take your hands off of me. You take your hands off my family. Take your hands off my business. Take your hands off my finances. Take your hands off my body. Take your hands off me. You got to talk like that to the devil. You got to say, No, devil, you can't have me. You got to get violent. The Bible says, The violent take it by force. Violent in faith, that is. You got to get violent in your faith and say, no, Satan, you can't have this. And I am sick and tired of accepting things in my life and saying, well, it's just one of those things. No, it's time for a change. And something has happened to me in the past several weeks, and I want the same thing to happen to you. Get out of acceptance and get into expectancy.
That's what happened with that man at the Pool of Bethesda. He got out of accepting the fact that somebody always got in front of him. And suddenly, he became a person of expectant faith. And when Jesus touched him, he was healed. He was not the same man that he was when Jesus walked into that place. I'm getting ready to build a new ministry headquarters. I need it. I need it for the sake of the gospel. I need it to reach those 100,000 rural pastors all over the world every year. And you know what? Uh, when I was in India recently, uh, in that particular meeting, we had about 1,200 pastors who had come. Well, some had taken trains all night just to get there out of their little rural areas. And um, the pastor said, most of these pastors will touch about 1,000 people a year. Well, 100,000 pastors a year multiplied by 1,000 people is 100 million people. That's the vision that God has given me. And I'm about to start a capital campaign. I'm calling in $10 million from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west. I am believing God. I'm releasing my faith. We have purchased this piece of land. We're, getting, we're designing the building. I can hardly wait. I am in expectancy. I am not in acceptance. I'm not going to accept the same old six and seven, the same old status quo. The status quo does not make it for me. And it's not going to make it for you. It's timed for you to hear those words, rise, take up your bed, and walk. That's what I'm doing. That's what you need to do. And the man responded, and he was healed. And in the authority of Jesus' name, I pray that over you today. And I say to you, rise. Rise from whatever circumstances you're in. Take up your bed, whatever's been holding you down, and walk. Re-enter humanity. Use your faith. Believe God. Expect a miracle. Don't, act, don't accept, but expect. In Jesus' name. I pray this over you today, and I pray that you take what I'm giving you today and that it becomes a part of your life. And that from this day, like me for the past several weeks, you'll never be the same again. I pray this in faith. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I'm glad you joined me in this podcast today. You can always call the ministry for prayer, 918-495-7777, or go online, richardroberts.org slash prayer, and send your prayer request to me. Praise God. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. I'll see you next time. Text giving is now available. If you're in the USA, text RRM to 833-881-6442. Now, if you're in Canada, text RRM Canada to 77977. Your generosity makes a difference.